0: We are known within the industry for a particular phrase because okay. it's a DNA. we serve with love.
1: What were some of those biggest challenges that you faced that kind of led you to making the decision that you made to go on your own and to become an entrepreneur
0: and start your own company? Wow. You're asking some really tough questions, girl. <laughs> All right. Let me think about this for a moment.
1: Hello, Summit Chasers, and welcome to the very first episode of Voices of Impact. In today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Baizun Kamal. Baizun is an award-winning franchise growth advisor, nationally renowned public speaker, best-selling author, as well as the CEO of The Franchise Pros. We speak about taking ownership over your life, what it means to serve with love, and the importance of creating community. Today's conversation left me feeling incredibly inspired, and I'm so excited to hear your thoughts about it. So find a quiet space, grab a cup of tea or coffee, and get ready to be inspired to live life on your terms. When we first chatted, I feel like we really connected when you were sharing your story with me. So can we go ahead and share that story with the audience so that everyone can kind of get an understanding of who you are, what you've been through, and what has really led you to making such a huge
0: impact in the space that you're in? Oh, Thank you so much, Audrina. That's such a a great question, uh, because I think the answer leads directly into my why and the why for our company, right? So to start at the beginning, um, before I started this company, The Franchise Pros, I used to be in corporate America with a Mm -hmm. tiny, tiny Fortune 15 that everybody knows and whose products and services everyone uses and they should remain unnamed. And I was with the company for about eight years. And it was a great ride. It was definitely one of the most political work environments I had ever worked in. So there was a lot of learning that happened with that. But one of the big things um, during my time there was I knew that as much as the work was good and needed and meaningful, it was not my path. Let's mm-hmm. be clear about that, right? Yeah. It didn't spark a joy in me. It was, it was my job. I did what I did, right? Yep. And so when the time came and uh, the company was going through a series of layoffs and my position got eliminated, so that was the first time that I'd ever been laid off through no right. fault of my own. But what that brought up, and we talked quite a bit about this, was when you're an adult and you have bills to pay and you have a family to support, and suddenly you find yourself kind of sitting around trying to figure out what's next, there is a deeper, darker psychological side that steps in and comes into play. Mm -hmm. If you and most people who go through career transition don't really like to talk about it. Because right. it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. But the, but the point is, when you recognize it for what it is and you reverse the lens and you say, you know what? This could actually be exactly the springboard that I need to yeah. find what's going to become the thing that I have been looking for. Absolutely. What happened for me, right? So I took that period that was, frankly, it was yucky. It was yucky. I was a young mother. Our daughter at the time, Audrina, she was um, 17, 18 months old. And my husband's an entrepreneur. So I was the one bringing in the stable, regular income, right? So there were lots of background issues and worries that we were grappling and contending with. But that's where I really dove in. And I said, for the first time in my adult life, I want to be very intentional and purposeful about what the next chapter of my life and my career looks like. I'd never done that before. And when I did, one thing led to another, um, and I found the world of franchises. And eight years later, um, we are doing some really cool things in the industry. Uh, We just recently launched a mastermind coaching program that is the first of its kind in the industry for emerging franchise brands. Um, And that's just the start. There's so much else we have going on, but none of that would have happened, right? Right. I kind of spun down that black hole and said, oh, let me take the path of least resistance and go find another job. So Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I didn't do that.
1: I love that. And so when you were going through that and you're talking about like how it kind of felt yucky and it was hard, what were some of those biggest challenges that you faced that kind of led you to making the decision that you made to go on your own and to become an entrepreneur and start your own company?
0: I won't name names again. And this was the very last job search interview I had, right? Mm -hmm. So I had immediately, as soon as I got laid off, I jumped back into the job search, right? I really was not being intentional. And in very short order, I realized I was never going to be an employee again. And this was the conversation. So had I gotten hired for that position, this guy would have been my direct boss. Okay. okay? So I'd gone through rounds of interviews, and this was this was the uh, that sort of final one. During that phone call, uh, we're getting towards the end of the call, and he says to me, uh, "So faizun you know, I understand you have a young baby. So you know, the work we do here is very fast-paced. We move really fast. Um, our days are long. Our nights are long." Uh, you, you know, we expect our folks get in the office pretty early and, uh, most people will leave around seven, seven thirty at night. Can you do that with a small child? And he literally asked me the question just like that. Yeah. Other than the fact that it's completely illegal. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Let's put
0: that little issue aside. Sure. You know, what struck me in that moment, Audrina was something that I, have always despised about corporate America and about jobs in general, particularly in the society that we live in now, we have dehumanized others to such an extent. You're a widget. I'm paying you this much money. I need you to produce this kind of output. Yes. The fact that we are living, breathing human beings with lives outside of our jobs that directly impact our jobs right mm-hmm. it's a complete lack of either lack of or there's not a desire to be able to account for that yeah so in that moment i um <laughs> i remember i took i took a little bit longer because i was so shocked and my response and i talk about this in my book and my response was i said you know i'm so glad you bring that up i'm really delighted you asked me that question here's how i'll answer you My family will always come first. It will not be my job. While I am at the job, I will put in my 100%. And to answer your question very specifically, I probably will not be one of those people who stay in the office until seven. Needless to say, that was the last conversation I ever had with the guy. Yeah. Uh, That was the last interview I have ever had. And I say this. As God is my witness, Audrina, I will never have a damn job interview in my life again. And I couldn't. Absolutely. I love that. That is
1: amazing. And I think what I want to touch on in there that you had said where people kind of dehumanize others in the workspace. I One of the things that I really just did not like in previous companies that I've been a part of, they referred to people as resources. And that is such a put off for me because I'm like, I, I don't want to look at my team and be like, you guys are just resources. How can I allocate you properly? No, you guys are human beings with a skill set. And I want to acknowledge that and place you in the right spot so that you can grow and continue on your career path and excel. Like I I could not stand the dehumanization, basically. And so I think. One of our focuses too is that people matter who they are, their experiences, they all matter. And we want to like create that sense of belonging and like they have a place where they can show up and be themselves and be acknowledged as such. So I love
0: that we're on the same page in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And think about it this way too, Andrea, right? Sort of post, here we are, beginning of 2024, post COVID. COVID is really not that far away. It's in our recent memories. Right. We we went through a period of time where for the first time in their lives, you had adult Americans. Take a very close look at their lives and careers. So remember when we were all quarantined? Remember that? Right. Yeah. And you couldn't go like if you had a job to go to, you didn't go anywhere. Right. You go in your home. Mm-hmm. For the first time, people were around their families as much as they were. Think about that for a moment. They had not yeah. spent this kind of time with their families. Crazy, right? They had not yeah. because they were yeah. at their jobs. But right. now they're like, oh my gosh, you know, when my back starts to ache because I'm hunched over my computer, oh, you know what? This would be a nice time for me to go take the dog for a walk because I'm not at the office. Yeah, You had these different things happen that resulted basically in a huge part of the population saying, We can do things different. Could we do this for like forever? Could this be my reality? And so suddenly the whole mindset has shifted where we are, we are becoming more, how do I say this? More active designers of our careers. Mm -hmm. This is not, oh, I get laid off and boom, I find the first job that I can. And then I follow that trajectory until I am, you know, 60 years old and then I retire or whatever. Right. Right shouldn't be that, right? Right. That's a little bit more intentional about what that looks like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that kind of stood out for me when you were talking about this is you taking ownership over your life, your income, and the culture I would imagine that you're creating within your company. Uh, What were some of the key differences that you experienced when you were at your previous uh, place of work that you maybe recognize and you thought, I don't want to build, bring that into my culture. And what are some of the emphases that you've put on to how you want to create the culture within your company with Franchise Pros?
0: I love that question. Um, we are known within the industry for a particular phrase. Because okay. it's a DNA. We serve with love. First time people hear this, they're a little sort of, ah, you're a business that sounds a little like, right. like, oh, I'm not, right. right? But think about it for a moment. What does that really mean in real terms? Because love encompasses a lot of different things, Audrina.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We work with, um, at a very high level, we work with two groups of customers, clients. That first group of clients are typically people that used to be me former corporate executives, people that Mm used to be you, former corporate executives who, for whatever reason, they now no longer want to be in a job. They want their own business. And they come to me and they say, can you help me find the right franchise opportunity to invest into and become a franchise owner? Group Mm -hmm. one. Okay. Group two. These are business owners that we help turn their existing business into a national franchise brand. And then we help them grow. Two very different sets. Yeah. Yeah. But when these two groups of clients come to us, there's a lot of upheaval in their lives. They might have just gotten laid off. Mm-hmm. Business owners, business owners, we are all crazy, right? So we are constantly spinning. And yeah. so when they find their way to us, it's typically because they have tried to grow and they have gone to other providers and they've gotten burned. Mm-hmm. So... When these people come to us, love encompasses a lot of things. It encompasses, for example, the very first thing, you lead with kindness. You know, it's something my father would tell my sister and I, and he still does. In a world where you can be anything, you have to be kind. Yeah. Yeah, what else you guys become? But you have to. I've never forgotten that. What does that mean? It means being able to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So when somebody comes and says, "Why I got laid off. You know, I I'm just so confused. I don't know what to do. And then I share my story. Do you think there's an immediate point of connection? Yeah, absolutely. Right. When a business owner comes and says, I feel like I'm spinning like a top and I want to grow. But such and such and such. Do you really think franchising is my path? To be able to sit down with them and say, you know, we have worked with dozens and dozens of business owners like you. Here are some examples. Oh my God, you work with them because this is where they are now. Yes, right. It can be you too. Being able to lead from the other other person's shoes, right? Seeing mm-hmm. the world through their eyes. Yeah. Working with empathy—that's what we mean when we talk about love, right? Love also means Audrina not working with certain clients, right? Right. That's something we don't talk about really. But to be able to say, and at this point in time, my dear, I can tell pretty quickly if we want to yeah. work with you or not, right? Right, right. So to be able to gently disengage and say, hey, Audrina, um, I love what you've built. So, you know, the process that we take our clients through, for these reasons, we don't think we would be the best fit for you. We're going to put it on us. Right. We would not be the best fit for you, right? Right. And that allows them to go find whoever is going to be the best fit for them. It is the mm-hmm. same thing with employees. You know, we have yeah. steadily been growing a team. There have been instances where the fit was just not there. Right. And so to be able to love on them and to set them free. Because guess what? You're going to be happier. They're going to be happier. They're going to end up in what is right for them. So yeah, yeah win-win, it works for everyone. So I would yeah, say that would be, that would be a really big one.
1: I love that. And I I have not ever heard that from a company before. And I think that it's really cool that you guys are owning that and that you've really built it into your culture. I think the biggest thing with core values and, and the culture that you create is living them and people know you for them, right? So it sounds like it's very, very clear to your team, the people that you work with, that that is what you guys stand by. And I think it's incredible. So I love that. Thank you yeah, of course. Um, so going through your journey and creating your own company, what are some of the things that you're most proud of and that have
0: shaped your broader mission? Oof. Wow. You're asking some really tough questions, girl. <laughs> All right, let me think about this for a moment. A big one, um, a big one would be, we are, we have over time and continue to be. Known in the industry for being the go-to company if you are a business owner that wants to franchise and you happen to be female, black, or brown. Oh, wow. That's huge. I mean, look at me. This is what I look like, right? Right. Funny sounding name. So if you read me, read about me on a piece of paper, you'd be like, okay, all right. She comes from somewhere. Yeah, Stepping into my role as the visionary for my company, the CEO, the leader for my company, I am very cognizant of what makes us different, but what makes us different in the best possible way? Right. Get step back. I live and breathe and work in an industry where, like in any other industry, any other space, Everything isn't equal. It just isn't. The playing field isn't equal for everyone. Yeah. So being the only Asian American woman that does the kind of work that I do, Mm -hmm. I feel it is incumbent upon me to be able to create a space where we are a hundred times more welcoming and eager to work with a founder who may not necessarily be the norm. Yeah. Yeah. Right When it comes to different opportunities, if you're a woman, if you come from a community of color, by virtue of different things that we don't need to go into because we all know what those things are, mm-hmm. opportunities in front of you may not be quite the same. right. what if it was a there was a company that, like ours, where we knew we looked into your eyes and you knew that we knew who you are, because our story is your story, right. There's a huge amount of trust that happens when these conversations happen. Mm-hmm. So many, many, many of our clients who make the decision to work with us, I, I mean, I could, I could give you a hundred different stories where essentially at the end of the conversation, they say, we want to move forward with you. And I say, we haven't even sent you a proposal yet. We don't need a proposal, right? Yeah. We don't need a proposal because... You get me, you speak my language. I really needed to finish my sentence and you got me. In a world that is so transactional, Audrina, Mm -hmm. when these transformative experiences happen, people sit up, their eyes get wide. They're like, ooh, something just happened here that doesn't really happen. And they tap it. Yeah. That's incredible.
1: It is absolutely incredible. So um, one of the things that I have been learning about and just getting a better understanding around is that people that especially highly successful people in the CEO founder business owner role they'll often feel very alone right and I think it was 70 percent actually have said that it has a huge negative impact on their performance and just their day-to-day And it sounds like you and I are very, very similar in that we want people to have the opposite experience. We want people to feel connected and understood and like they have a space where people get them and have a similar story. Or even if it's not the same story, it's just we understand what they've been through and can relate to that and help them feel like they are part of something bigger. And it's not just them on their own trying to achieve something. And I think that that is huge, that that is part of, it sounds like it's part of your mission. I don't want to speak for you, but it
0: sounds like that's really part of what you're striving for. You know, it's interesting. Um, I have said this for many years now, uh, and I think it certainly became even truer post COVID. I've always said, for as long as I can remember, as human beings, we hunger for two things. Mm -hmm. We hunger for a sense of community Mm -hmm. and we hunger for stories. Think about it this way, right? Particularly, again, kind of drilling it a a level deeper. In communities of color, lived wisdom and experience is communicated through stories, right? Stories are such an integral part of our human experience. So when you and I are able to create communities of fill-in-the-blank, entrepreneurs, founders, whatever, particularly now with you know I was um, I was reading this article. it's the founders of you know what soul cycle is. Yeah, of course. So the two founders, they have decided that they're going to try to capture lightning in a bottle for a second time. and they're putting together this company. they haven't yet named it, um, but it's a company that aims to reduce loneliness. Interesting. Hmm, right? And the numbers, you know, you can, anybody can look up the stats on that. I'm not great with remembering numbers, but when you have a world where you have social media that is on all the time, yes, you have cable channels where everything is on all the time. There is noise coming at you. You have people all around you. Do you remember, Audrina, um, we've all seen those images of People waiting for the train or people walking down the sidewalk on a busy New York street, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you see the picture and it's people everywhere. Yeah, everyone is so lonely. Yes, it's that. It's that. Yeah. How do you intentionally cultivate community? Right, we use mm-hmm. the word community very loosely. It's it's become a very fancy sure. word, but how do you really create community? That's a very interesting thing, right? We all are. Yeah of different Facebook groups, right? LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. How many would you actually say like, oh, Faisun, I go to it every single morning. Right. Right? Right, yeah. None of them. Not not much. Not much. So this is the not not that I'm saying to you, we have cracked the nut. But by being very intentional about the way we do what we do, every Mm -hmm. step of the way, you open the door to be able to overall create a culture that allows for some of these things to happen naturally, yeah. because you've cultivated it all. Along. Right, yeah. right.
1: I think that's huge, and I think that's uh, that's one of our biggest aims too is just allowing people to feel connected and to shine in their own light and. Um, excel really in their businesses, but something that you mentioned about social media and all this noise coming out of it just made me think social media. It's very interesting because I feel like it was created to connect, but I actually feel like it's led to people feeling more isolated and there's not as much human interaction. There's not as much human connection anymore because we're all sitting behind a screen and we feel like, oh, if I catch up with my friend and I, I watch their stories or if I like their posts, then I know what's going on in their life. But that's not true. It's not true because it's just like that highlight reel, right, of what's going on. So social media is a very, very interesting one. I know that that's not either of our like top focuses, but I just had to mention that because it's so interesting when you actually think about that and what it was made
0: Absolutely. for, but then it's had the opposite effect. Absolutely. And, you know, again, we are talking about, think of being on social media as an adult. Mm-hmm. That's something. Think of being on social media when you're a teenager. Yeah, the worst. Right? The worst. Uh, our daughter, she's now 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we've restricted certain things that she can go on or that she cannot go on. Right. Um, she watches a lot of videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly monitoring what she's watching, right? Being of course. Mama. Um, but when your brains are not that formed. And you're so susceptible to what the world thinks of you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Am I dark? Am I light? Am I thin? Am I fat? Am I tall? Am I short? Is my hair too curly? Is my hair too straight? Am I cute? Am I not? Right? All the yes. stuff that happens in the psyche of young boys and girls and mm-hmm. the sets of issues for boys versus girls, they can be quite different, but many are quite the same. Yeah, You have this coming at you. It's an incredibly corrosive. It's an incredibly destructive place if that is what you are getting your community from. Yes. Yeah. Going back again to community. Yeah.
1: Right. I could not understand that more right now. Our My little stepdaughter, she's six and wants to be on YouTube she wants oh. to have a YouTube channel doing toys and stuff like that. And we're like, no, <laughs> no, like we don't want you exposed to that. that. Like, I feel like it takes away some of the innocence of children too. And yeah. it's just, it puts much pressure on them right from the get go. And they have almost this like false sense of belonging and false sense of community from strangers, which shouldn't matter, right? They're not part of like your actual world around you. So I think that We're on the same page about a lot of things, but in regards like social media and and teens, like it's so, so dangerous, I feel like, for their development. And I just I wish that there was more restrictions around what age kids were allowed to get on social media. Um, because I think it does a lot more damage
0: than it does good when you're in that developmental stage of your life. I mean, listen, parenting is full frontal combat as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean, you have got to be on the forefront all the time yes it's it's yeah. pretty incredible it's certainly yeah. not the way that your mom and dad and my mom no. and dad. oh no 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 it is so different
1: I mean I think every generation gets a different set of things that they have to overcome but I think that this is one of the most impactful with having and to so, overcome social media yeah absolutely yeah
0: absolutely
1: yes all right. Switching gears a little bit. Um, I want to talk to you about your mastermind because I've been seeing you post about it and the founder's blueprint, right? And I think that it's so incredible. Obviously, we've connected a lot over just belonging and all of that. So I wanted to, I guess, understand your reasoning behind putting that mastermind together and the impact that you're wanting it to have within your business and the community of franchising. Oh, I
0: love that. Um, So we launched the Blueprint uh, January, January 2nd, right? So oh, congratulations. Thank you. And um, while we, jo- we launched it a few days ago, the program itself, Audrina, has been in the making for eight years. Oh, wow. So uh, the program, a lot of it is built on the strategies, um, the very non-traditional approaches that I have taken over the last eight years to build our company and our brand.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so being in the franchise industry for as long as I have and having sort of that front row seat to watching how brands are growing, the kind of support that they're looking for as they move from, we just franchised, now we got our first half a dozen franchisees to then getting bigger and bigger over time. Mm -hmm. That journey that they go through, there's a lot of stuff that they need. And many of the approaches within the industry are broken. And so when you have a brand, a young brand that is trying to grow its footprint, and the set of tools that they have are broken, Mm
1: -hmm. or they're
0: old, or they're not working as well as they should, what do you think the outcome is going to look like? Right? Because these right. are the things we have. So 2023 was an incredible year for us. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the phrase uh 100 conversations. Um I don't think so. So Google that. I'm gonna give you some. Okay. So it's uh it's an approach that started um in the tech space, in the tech industry. And okay. the is when you are launching a new product, before you launch the product, you want to talk to a hundred customers. Okay. You want to say, hey, Audrina, you know, as a young franchise brand, what would you say are your top three challenges right now? And in 2023, I didn't do a hundred. I did probably about 70, 75 conversations. I didn't reach That's amazing. <laughs> and these were brands at literally every stage of development and growth you can yeah. imagine. And my questions were always the same because what I was trying to understand was if I look at a swath of a hundred brands, this was my gut feeling that they would give me at least three to five that would be common to everyone. And indeed, Uh that's exactly what I found out. Yeah. I took those challenges and I said, okay, well, is the stuff that we have grappled with as we've grown our brand and our business? And the answer was yes. So taking that, and these have now become, what are the five pillars of the Mastermind Coaching Program. Very Um, cool. So in the last uh, week and a half, I have spoken with probably at this point close to two dozen franchisors, franchise Mm -hmm. brands. And every single one of them have said, this is incredible. Nothing like this exists in the industry. The growth approaches that you have put in play are so non-traditional, yet they're so intuitive. Now, Mm -hmm. these are approaches for the long haul. So if you're looking to bring in 10 franchisees in the next 30 days, I'm not your girl. That is not what what we are doing. It's a very different way of building the foundational. So think of it as foundational pillars for a brand to grow very intentionally and purposefully. Yep, absolutely. That's what we are. That's what we are doing with the Blueprint. That is very cool. That's
1: awesome. I'm excited for you that it's already launched. How many spaces do you guys have? Is it limited
0: or is it open? We have I would say less than half a dozen, actually a little less than that. Open? Okay. Um our prices do go up at the end of January. And so that's been that's been a big reason uh for again, when you are a new brand, every dollar matters. Yes. So Uh, We have had an incredible response. Um, Brands have signed up. They're joining. Uh, We begin next week. Uh, So I'm super excited. Um, I'm super excited. I think it's going to be a transformational year for the members that we have in our cohort. Yeah.
1: Amazing. I love that. Final question for you. Something that we ask all of our guests between my segment and then Zach's as well is what summit are you
0: chasing? Ooh. I love that. What summit am I chasing? My summit has never changed, Audrina. So when I got laid off, when I got laid off and when I started this company, the summit that I had then and the summit that I have now is the same, and that is to be able to live life on my terms. I love that. Those terms change, right? As we get older, absolutely, right. It's it older. The bills go up, right? House yeah. gets too small. So, right. Certain things change, but that mm-hmm. has always been foundational for us, living the life that we want on our terms. That's my. I
1: side. love that, and I feel like you're doing that, and I, and you're going to continue to be able to do that with everything that you've created. So it's really incredible, and I'm so happy for you and everything that you've accomplished over the last what eight years. And thank you so much for taking this time to chat with me
0: today. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for listening in to this episode of Voices of Impact. I really hope you enjoyed it and are able to take some of what you learned and use it to help you chase your next summit. I would love to hear your key takeaways below. Follow us on all social media platforms at Summit Chasers Network. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to turn on your notifications so you can stay up to date as we release new content all the time. Until next time, keep chasing your summit and I will see you in the next one.